Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up your volume, because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3, Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne des Canadiens. Et ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. Stanley pour les Canadiens. Le match troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's gonna be sick. Marinero, it is the sick podcast. It is Wednesday, March 1st. It is a couple of minutes past 10 p.m. And the NHL trade deadline is uh, about a day and a half away because the deadline is Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The good news is we're expecting the Montreal Canadiens to make some trades. The bad news is, is there's been already a lot of trades, and I don't know how many are going to be left on Friday. Maybe it's an omen of, uh, you know, sign of things to come, and there's going to be more because there's a lot of them. And the Ottawa Senators surpri- surprising and shocking the hockey world tonight because what was it, uh, back of uh, uh, give or take 17 or 18 days ago, the expectation was that Jacob Chikrin was going to be traded to the Los Angeles Kings. At least that's what some NHL insiders were saying. And usually when some of those best insiders tell you that this player is going to this team, well, that player ends up going to that team. But no, it took 17 or 18 days to get it done. And in the end, it wasn't the Los Angeles Kings. But then again, I think we had a pretty good feeling last night that with Corpy Salo and Gavrikov going to Los Angeles, and uh, Jonathan Quick and a couple of draft picks going to Columbus. Once Los Angeles acquired Gavrikov, I think at that point we thought, you know what? Jacob Chikorin is not going to Los Angeles, and he didn't go to Los Angeles. 
Defenseman Jacob Chikrin, six foot two, left-handed defenseman, about 215 pounds. He'll turn 25 years of age at the end of March. We'll have two more seasons left after this season at a cap hit of $4.6 million, and then he'll be an unrestricted free agent. He goes to Ottawa, which is a little confusing for some because he goes to a, from a losing team to a team that is a losing team but doesn't lose as much, but a lot of people don't see them in the playoffs. And he goes to Ottawa in return. The Senators give up a conditional first in 2023, a conditional second in 2024, which previously was owned by Washington, and a second pick in 2026. So now the big question is, after the Edmonton Oilers picked up Matthias Ekholm and the Ottawa Senators pick up Jacob Chikrin and the Boston Bruins pick up Orlov and, um, you know, the Los Angeles Kings pick up Gavrikov, now the big question is, is there a taker for Joel Edmondson? Tonight we're going to have a lot of fun on the SICK podcast and I'm going to tell you why. I called in for two people. One of which is Dave Panyota of the fourth period and the fourth period.com. Their website and he and Dennis Bernstein, they pretty much, Dennis specializes in teams on the West Coast, among others, but they also specialize in finding out who's on the block, who's going where, and all that stuff. And they specialize in trade talk. So I called David to join me, and he's going to join me in about a minute. And I also called on Mitch Jaguar. Why? Because Mitch is a resident of Cowansville. But more importantly, Mitch was an assistant coach in the KHL last year. So once a coach, always a coach. He coaches, he's an assistant coach with Le Carabin, uh hockey team and the women's program now. He's basically taking a look at all the tape on Montreal Canadiens players, and he's going to give us his perspective on from a coach's eye and a coach's view or his coach's eye, who he thinks the Canadians should keep and who he thinks the Canadians should make available. The Sick Podcast brought to you in part by La Bitta TB, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bitta TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TB, embrace your true nature. Um, also brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America. They are driven to be different and brought to you in part by Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Uh, I wonder if uh, Dave Pagnota is going to surprise us with some trade talk tonight. There's only one way to find out. Let's go to him right now. Dave? Tony, what's up, buddy? How you doing? What's cracking, brother? Oh, man. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting on Saturday because when Saturday rolls around, I can sleep again. You know, it's funny you say that, Dave. Uh, you always look pretty good. And I'm not telling you that you don't look good tonight. But you look a little pale, Dave. You look like a guy who hasn't slept much in the last little while. You look like one of those guys that even when he goes to bed, the phone, instead of being on airplane mode, is on. And yep. it's next to you. And you look like one of those guys right now that if he gets a text message at 3 o'clock in the morning, instead of just sleeping through it, he'll wake up after he hears the ding. And he'll start texting back, Dave. Yeah, is that what's going on? Yeah. I, listen, I went to bed. I, I had a hell of a day yesterday. I finally get ready, go to bed, just literally put my head down, and boop, boop, this thing goes off. Hey, wake up! LA's doing something. 
and it's Jonathan Quick. Yeah. Uh, like it, it, this has been a ridiculous – we've got, what is it, 24, 25 trades here since the weekend. Yeah. Um, this is this – is, I don't remember a year where you've seen that much activity, Tony, and, and this leading up, and, and even the two weeks leading up to the deadline, going back to even the beginning of the month of February when uh, Islanders picked up Horvat, and then shortly after – you have the Rangers picking up Vladimir Tarasenko. And then one thing after another and talk after talk after talk. You know, Yarmo Kekalainen, the GM of, of Columbus uh, this morning in his uh, press conference was was saying how it's just absolutely nuts right now. The phones are off the hook and I'm not sleeping. Well, he's not he's not the only one. So <laughs> there's there's a lot going on. There's a lot of activity. We saw a hell of a lot of movement again today. And um, I'm anticipating an interesting well, I guess less than 48 hours now ahead of the deadline on Friday because there's yeah. still a lot of chatter. We're going to get to the Canadians in like just one minute. But before we do, uh, I find there's a couple of trades that are really interesting in, in the sense that when Patrick Kane got traded uh, yeah. from Chicago to the Rangers and Jonathan Quick gets traded from Los Angeles to Columbus, these are guys that were instrumental in the cup wins that they won for their teams. Kane, three of them with the Blackhawks. Quick, two of them with Los Angeles. Kane's still a very good player. Jonathan Quick is a good goalie, but he's nowhere near the goalie that he used to be. But the reason why I bring them up is because it just goes to show you that as much as they did for their teams, I mean, business is business. And if their teams have a chance to get an asset or two, and even if it's not as much as you, they would have hoped, they're going to make the move. Never mind the loyalty. They'll make the move because they'd rather get yeah. something than nothing. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and two different circumstances because Kane, I think, was – resound on the fact that he was going to move at some point and, and he, it, it's been over a year of this saga and they finally figured it out. And he's look, I want to go to the Rangers. You guys do what you got to do and make it happen. And that's what ultimately happened. But in Jonathan Quick's case, it didn't see it coming. Nobody saw it coming. I talked to players on that team. I've talked to ex players of the LA Kings since the trade went down uh, almost 24, 22 hours ago. Shock, shock. Uh, guys are pissed. Guys are still upset. Um, it, it looks like, on a side note, Quick and Columbus or, or uh, Vegas and Columbus are trying to make things work to get Quick over to to Vegas to become a Golden Knight. So they're still figuring out uh, a few of the logistics around that potential trade. So we'll see how that kind of transpires. But it looks like it's going in that direction. I'd be surprised if it doesn't, uh, which is a better sign for him. Yeah, because uh, he's. But I mean, overall, like I said, this this caught a lot of people off guard. Um, and it, it does go to show you, I mean, yeah, it's a business. LA needed to get somebody on that left side. Arizona was taking way too long with Jonathan, uh, excuse me, with, with Jacob Chikrin. Yeah. So Rob Lake went in a different direction and, and they had to make this move. I tell you, it's not something that quick is going to forget anytime soon. Dave, I'm going to ask you right now if there's a lot of interest in Montreal Canadiens players, and I'm crossing my fingers, and I'm hoping to God for the benefit of this podcast that you're going to say yes, okay? <laughs> because if you're going to say no, it's going to be the biggest downer in the history of all podcasts. Dave, please help me out. Are there is there interest uh -oh. in Canadiens players? There, there's interest. Is there a giant significant amount of interest? Uh, not so much. Um, look, the Canadians have made it known that if anybody wants Jonathan Drouin, they'll leave half of that $5.5 million cap in. Um, but don't expect anything big. You're looking at maybe a, a five, six-round pick. 
for for Jonathan Drouet. I mean, it's it's not really much. Um, there part is, of, part is, of me, part of me. Do you think Colorado would be interested in in taking a chance on Jonathan Drouet, knowing that you know what's the worst that can happen at the end of the year? His contract is up. You don't have to bring him back, but with with the hopes of 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 uh, rekindling a spark that existed between Drouet. And Nathan McKinnon back in the days when they used to play junior hockey with the Halifax Mooseheads. I know it's a long time ago, but if they had chemistry before, can they have chemistry again? You usually don't let, I mean, that doesn't fizzle. It doesn't just go away like, like that. It kind of comes back. It's almost like riding a bike, but maybe the bike has changed. Um, I think there's the possibility that there could be some chemistry there and, and maybe that could work out, but really, if you're looking at it, it's 2.75 million in cap space. I don't know exactly where uh, the the Colorado Avalanche are at this stage after bringing in Lars Eller from the Washington Capitals, um, adding his 3.5, or I guess three, a little bit less because Washington retained. Um, so they've got a little bit of flexibility there. So what what this shows me with Colorado, first of all, is that Eric Johnson's probably done for the full season and they'll be back in the playoffs, which means they could utilize that $6 million in LTIR space to A, uh, uh, make that trade for Eller happen, give them more flexibility, B, and C, have enough space to have Gabe Landeskog back in the lineup, to give them enough cap space to make that happen, to be cap compliant, because it looks like Landeskog will be back at some point in the regular season. So can they get Drew A for under $3 million? They might be able to still squeeze that in, but again, fifth, sixth round pick, and it might not be this season. It might be 24, 25. So yeah, it, it, it's something to look at. Speaking of cap compliant, I think it's important that we explain this to the benefit of everyone watching. There's two things we need to explain. Number one, this is one of the reasons that the Rangers were able to get Patrick Kane to go yes. to the Rangers because every day what they were doing is that they were trying to save money on the cap to the point where they ended up getting themselves a cushion and that cushion was able to fit Patrick Kane. And number two, what the Tampa Bay Lightning did a couple of years ago when they played the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup final is by the time they got to the playoffs, they had a team that was like, I don't know how, 12, 13, $14 million over the cap. And people were saying, what in the world is going on here? How can this happen? Well, they were able to take advantage of a loophole and Nikita Kucherov was out when they brought him back in the playoffs. At that point, there's no cap. The National yep. Hockey League wants to crack down on that, right? So now what they're saying is we're going to keep a very close eye on teams who are going to acquire players who will be on LTIR, and then that player all of a sudden is going to be healthy in the playoffs and bring him back, which means if the Canadians want to trade Sean Monaghan, mm -hmm. they could really be out of luck here. Yeah, so it, it's an interesting um situation that the league has put itself in quite frankly because uh if the player is legitimately so so just to clear it so what the what the nhl is looking for is that um you get a player and he comes back in the first round did they push that off could he have come back with two games left in the regular season legitimately and if so that's where the cap circumvention comes into play they want to make sure that if the guy's hurt he's legitimately hurt and the timeline is accurate so they're, they're not messing around, screwing around with the cap, screwing around with their situation that pushes a guy off an extra week if he's capable of coming back, you know, let's say a week before the regular season ends. That's what the league is, is trying to crack down on. If Monaghan or Gustav Nyquist, who is 
dealt to Minnesota or another player who's injured right now, if they're legitimately out and the timeline is accurate and the doctors look at it and say, yep, he's not coming back until April 20th, middle of the first round. Well, that's fine, but that has to be legitimate. And that's what the league is investigating or, or will investigate with respect to players that are kind of in that, in that position. So for Sean Monaghan, I mean, there's so much uncertainty publicly with respect to his injury. Uh, the league needs to know what this guy's timeline accurately is and legitimately is. And that would kind of help along in, in, in the trade process. But even, you know, Tony, even if they move out Sean Monaghan, because he hasn't played for this long, yeah, the price, the, it's, you're looking at a mid, mid-round pick, best-case scenario at this stage. Yeah, yeah no, and, I hear you, bud. And I don't, yeah, I don't even know if the Canadians want to even go down that road because if he comes back and he's healthy enough and he plays for them, maybe they give him a shot at sticking around for another year and, and go from there. And you know what? I'm starting to think that that's the strongest possibility, as a matter of fact. I believe he had something like 17 points in 25 games before he went down with that foot injury, which then ended up becoming maybe a groin, maybe a hip injury, maybe both, because he was compensating for playing on a foot that was hurt. Uh, But it could very well be that they say to Sean Monahan, listen, Sean, we wanted to move you. We weren't able to. Unfortunately, you were unhealthy at the wrong period of time for both of us. Why don't we do this? Things were working out when you were healthy. Why don't you come back for one more year? We'll give you a one-year deal. If you have a real good season at that point, um, you know, the second we have yeah. a chance to trade you, we will. And uh, and that's that's probably the way it's going to go down. Yeah, I, I and I spoke about a week or so ago with his agent, and there were no contract talks at that point. Everybody was kind of focused on trying to get him back into the mix. But I think that's a good plan, and I think that's a plan, at least internally, the Canadians have discussed, have discussed and, and considered moving forward with. So it would not shock me at all if they go down that route. And if you've noticed the trend with the Canadians in the last little bit, it's these reclamation projects, so to speak, that they're trying yeah. to capitalize on. They, they did it with Kirby, although with Kirby Doc, there was no reclamation project. Chicago just screwed him up and, and gave up on him, and kudos to the Habs for taking advantage of that. Um, it's, it's worked out and will continue to work out because he's a heck of a player and he's only going to get better. But Dennis Gurianov, same situation in terms of reclamation projects like Monaghan was. Off year, not getting the ice time that he had in Dallas previously, not giving the right opportunities. So get him in here. Get this fast kid in here. See if he can keep pace with the club and if he fits a brand new system led by Marty St. Louis. And if it works out, beautiful. He's controllable. He's an RFA. They'll be able to figure things out in the summer. And I think with Monaghan, similar type of situation. So I, I like the Canadians uh, brass right here, having a set of brass ones to be able to make these yeah. types of moves because we don't see that too often in the NHL. I, I know I'm in the minority here, all right? But because of what you just said, reclamation projects, and I think the fact that the Canadians are in a rebuild, they don't really have much to lose. The reclamation yeah. project works out. They're a big winner. It doesn't work out. You cut ties and bye-bye, and you're gone in the offseason, and you find another team for you. I would have taken a flyer on um, on uh, on Yesse Pouliardi. I would have. Yeah. Uh, I would have taken a flyer on him. And, you know, if the Canadians would have, Dave, because this is the way the market is, right? If the Canadians would have, you would have had a bunch of people on this YouTube live right now or Twitter live or Facebook live that would have said, this guy's a bust, this guy's a flop, this guy's no good, the Canadians are stupid, you know, this guy's an underachiever, yada, yada, yada. Now he just went to the Carolina Hurricanes, one of the best teams in the National Hockey League, a legitimate Stanley Cup contender, and uh, is anyone saying that Carolina is stupid now? And then all of a sudden, I think right. people, uh, you know, I would have taken a chance on him. But anyway, 
they didn't. In case you missed it, folks, by the way, what you know, the guy who would have been the big unrestricted free agent on the market, Dylan Larkin, 26-year-old center. Well, he signs today with the Detroit Red Wings, eight years, $8.7 million. You have to think that's brilliant timing by his agent, who probably said, we're not signing, we're not signing, we're not signing. Iserman gets to the last day. I either got to trade this guy, and then it's like, no, no, well, give us our money, and we're going to stay. So they gave him his money. Mikel Granlin, 31-year-old winger, goes to Pittsburgh. No surprise here, because it seems like for the last 10 years, the Penguins add a winger to play with either Crosby or Malkin. Yeah. A couple of days before the deadline. It happens all the time. $5 million hit over the next couple of seasons. They give up Ricard a second Raquel round last pick. year. Correct. They give up a second-round pick in 2023. Uh, Chris Kunitz years ago. Like, it's just, right. it seems like they right. always add some. Uh, I think, uh, didn't Hosa go there at one point? Hosa went there. Ma- Marion Hosa went there. Uh, yeah. Well, Bill- Billy Guerin, when he was still playing. Mark Recchi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back, there, back early on when they when they were uh, there's had a those Detroit run. Yeah, no, no, there's uh there's a couple. Hold on a second. Um oh no. Uh-oh. Uh what, what, oh my god, oh my god, the guy who used to play for Minnesota. What's his name? Uh Zucker. For, Didn't Zucker Jason go? Zucker. Yeah, Jason Jason Zucker. Yeah, he was he was brought in. Yeah. Um he's he's still there. He's, I think he's in his last year with them. Yeah, yeah. Zucker uh, Zucker was another guy that was added, yeah, to the Penguins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they see the Penguins like to bring in these veteran guys. Yeah. To help insul- insulate the rest of the group, um, and, and you know everybody's looking at this going, and there was a lot of head. Like I- I'll be honest, I-, I was a little bit surprised that, I- and I don't think Pittsburgh is done. By the way, I think they've got a couple other things that they're working on. Yeah, uh, but I- there was so much anticipation that this was going to be a legitimate scoring winger that they were going to bring in. Yeah, and it ends up being Mikel Granlund, who's a solid two-way type player. Um, but I-, I think people were expecting a little bit more. But he's got. He's controllable. He fits the timeline yeah. for Crisby, uh, Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. Yeah. Uh, I think it's worth a shot. Patrick Hornquist. Right. Is another one, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Patrick Hornquist <laughs> is another one. Yeah. He's another one. Um, they had the, this team since Crosby's been around. Like I mentioned Garen and Recky back, back then. Gary Roberts was another guy back then, too. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that they brought in. They like to bring in these veteran pieces later on in the season and around the deadline. To make uh, to make these kinds of things kind of happen, I'd like to see them get a, a better guy on that back end to play with Latang, but uh, maybe that's the next thing they're going to try to do. Yeah, no, no, you're right about that. Okay, Montreal Canadiens, let's talk about them now. Uh, Joel Edmondson, is there a market for Joel Edmondson? Considering that Boston picked up Orlov, uh, considering that uh, Gavrikov went to Los Angeles, considering that Ekholm went to the Edmonton Oilers. Mm-hmm. And there are others who added defensemen um, in that mold. All right. Edmondson, is there a market for him? It's diminished um, for, for the very reasons you just, you just outlined with other teams uh, filling those holes, filling those voids. It, it's tough right now. And the Canadians have been pretty steadfast in their, in their demand for a first round pick as part of a deal here. Edmonton re-engaged with them a few days ago while they were going through this whole echo discussion that, that really started last week. Um, and then over the weekend started to spike. And that's when Edmonton started looking at other options. They looked at Jacob Chikrin. They looked at Edmondson. They looked at a few other guys, uh, but they ended up deciding that echo was the way to go because he's got three years left on his contract after this season. Joel's got one more year. He's sturdy. There are two like Carolina liked them as well. They end up bringing in Shane Gossespierre 
uh, on that back end. Another team that was also in on Chikrin. So all these teams were also looking at Jacob Chikrin, and they weren't able to do it because Arizona, uh, I mean, they shot themselves in the foot in, in this deal, but you know that could be for later. But mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know how many legitimate options there are right now for Joel Edmondson. Looking at some of the teams that are looking to, to touch up their blue line, you've got Seattle that's looking right now. They're looking to do something mm-hmm. uh, either on the either on the right or left side. No, Joel's on the left. Yeah. Um, so it wouldn't shock me if there's some discussion with the Seattle Kraken and Ron Francis about possibly doing something. But L.A.'s out. Forget about that one. Calgary's hey, can, looking can I, around. Can I, can, I, can I add to the list of names who players who joined the Pittsburgh Penguins yeah. for a couple of years? <laughs> yeah. Peter Sikora. Yes, that's right. Peter Sikora, that's right. yeah. yeah. That's a nice ad. Yeah. That's a nice ad. Long-time New Jersey Devil. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, okay, so give me a percentage. Give me a percentage on 100% with 100 being the highest, obviously, that yeah. Joel Edmondson 25. gets traded. 25% at this stage. 25%. Wow. Unfortunately. Again, unless something shifts and the price drops a little bit, um, I'd be a little bit I'd be a little bit surprised. Uh, uh, you know, I think the Canadians are see more so than anything, and I, I and this is just my yeah. own belief right now. I, I don't know this definitively, but with so many forwards out of the market and still so many defensemen still in it, um, it wouldn't shock me to see some teams start to look for more guys with term. And I, I don't think Hoffman really fits that mold very much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Josh Anderson, if we start to hear his name a little bit more in the next 24 hours or so, don't be shocked. And I think it's strictly going to be with respect to teams just kicking the tires and then throwing it out there that they're doing that to see if it maybe um, you know, shifts things, things a little bit for, uh, for Hughes. I don't expect him to get traded. But there are teams that are now looking around to see what type of different options they may have. And okay. because he's been out there, it wouldn't shock me at all to hear his name again. So I said this yesterday. I said, I don't think Josh Anderson will be traded. And yep. I know that Josh Anderson isn't the first player that the Montreal Canadiens should trade because he's a good player and they don't have enough players like him in that power forward mold. You know, he's six three, he's two twenty-five, he can defend himself and his teammates, and I think he's a better playoff player than regular season player. Having said that, please listen to my logic. Josh Anderson's twenty-eight years old. He's under contract for the next four years after this year. At a digestible $5.5 million. By the time the Montreal Canadiens are a legitimate Stanley Cup contender, it can be four, maybe five years away. They can get to that point. His contract could be over. In his final year, he could be a declining asset. They might not bring him him back, and they'll probably get 25% of what they would get right now if they trade him. So because of that, and because of we're seeing that it's a huge seller's market right now, Teams are really cashing in. Look how well Nashville did in the uh, in the Ekholm trade. Look how well Nashville did in the Tanner General trade. Crazy. I would I would shop Josh Anderson. I said that, but somebody came back to me and said, "Tony, do you have an illness or something?" And I said, "No, why?" <laughs> and he said, "Players with term do not get traded." And I said, "Well, on the contrary, I think it's a huge advantage that Josh Anderson has four years left." Because now teams, if they give up a lot, they know he's not a rental. They know they can fit him in for the next four years. Am I right or wrong here? Or is the person right in saying I got an illness? It depends on the team. But if if teams are making those types of additions, it's because they feel their window is open within that time span. And if you look at what Edmonton did with Matias Ekholm, 
He's got three more years left on his deal. Yeah. It fits the mold of what they're doing in Edmonton. And I, I think they're going to add up front. I think they're going to bring in somebody in that bottom six. Uh, but it fits the longevity because their window is going to be open. They know their window is going to be open for that period. Does it make sense for example, and I don't think it's Pittsburgh, but does it make sense for the Penguins to go this route? Maybe because it kind of fits the Sid Gino Tanger thing, but more likely not because of the cap situation. Does it make sense for a team like, let's say, let's say the, the, the Los Angeles Kings, as an example, they got, they're loaded with wingers, but as an example, no, because their, their window is just starting to open. Vegas, they've got cap space. Their window is open now. They've got a core that's there now. They're going to have some creativity that they're going to need to do in the summer to augment the lineup a little bit. Maybe that makes a little bit more sense because you've got a few years where you want to keep that window open. And we know that owner, Bill Foley, wants to be competitive day in and day out. So certain circumstances work, others not so much. Again, and I agree with you, I don't think he's going to get traded now. But it wouldn't shock me if teams start knocking on the door and say, hey, maybe we could revisit this. I don't know. Can you hear me? I lost you there. I can't hear you. Do you hear me, Dave? Oh, there we go. Got you now. All right, fantastic. Okay. Uh, so uh, thanks. Thanks for holding on there. So are you saying no that you think uh, the chances are less than the 25% for Edmondson uh, that uh, Josh Anderson gets traded? I I'd keep him at the 25% mark simply because crazy things have happened and teams sometimes get desperate. And if the right deal falls into place, you never know. Uh, and I keep it at that percentage because of the marketplace. Okay. Jonathan Drouin, if any team's going to be interested, I brought up Colorado. Is there any other team that comes to mind? Uh, well, Colorado was the one that I was looking at to stay, uh, from a curiosity perspective. I, I think, you know, a team that you're, and you're looking at teams that may have additional holes to fill to try yeah. to bring in some, some pieces. Vegas is another one. I, I know they brought in Teddy Bluger today. They're, they're working on Jonathan Quick. They've got some more cap flexibility. If they can't bring in a guy like James Van Riemsdyk at half of his $7.5 million hit, because Philly's probably going to eat half of that, I could see a team like that or even Minnesota where, the, where the, the window is open right now for them to make some adjustments from a cap perspective uh, now. But, uh, again, if it does happen, uh, fifth-round pick, is there, is there a Montreal Canadiens player besides Anderson that the fan base probably doesn't think will be dealt but might get dealt? Like, for example, they picked up Kirby Doc in that trade with uh, Chicago, and they right. picked up Michael Matheson in that trade with Pittsburgh. I don't think they're trading either of these players. But my buddy George right. Larac, former NHL enforcer, who's a collaborator on this show, by the way, he pretty much guaranteed that Michael Matheson's going to be dealt by tomorrow's deadline. And I, and I said, you know, I'd be willing, like, I'll take that bet. And I don't know if I'd walk down the street or run down the street, you know, with my top off or whatever, but I'm, I'm willing to put quite a bit on that, that he's not going to get traded, but George sounds convinced that he will be. What do you think? What are you hearing? Well, there are teams that have been knocking on the door of him. Um, you know, a guy like Christian, Dvorak, I mean, if we're just shifting up front, Christian Dvorak, who generated interest before he was out there before, He's got, I think, two more years left on his deal. Yoel Armia, uh, for for certain teams that are looking for that controllable asset that that fits a middle six, I could see one of those guys. But again, 
you know, prices are going to be kind of modified right now. Same with Matheson. I understand that we just talked about Ekholm going to Edmonton with three more years left on his deal. Matheson has three more as well. Teams are inquiring, but teams are inquiring because the Canadians are right at the bottom. The vultures are circling. And can we get you for pennies on the dollar? That's usually kind of how this goes around uh, this time, this time of year for a lot of teams, especially because we've seen so many moves happen already. Are you desperate to move a player? You're desperate. Perfect. Instead of that first round pick, I'll give you a third round pick. That's kind of the, the mindset here. So I think teams have definitely inquired about some of the additional players on the Habs, like Matheson, like Dvorak. Um, I, I just, I don't see either of those being real right now. And, and I know George has, a, he's got a lot of ties. He's talking to a lot of people. Um, so I, I'm not going to discount it, but I, I'd be a little bit surprised if, if Matheson or Anderson or, or right. you know, even Dvorak gets moved. Jean-Charles Lajoie of BPM Sports and TVA Sports spoke with Alain Roy, who represents several players, among those Jake Allen, and asked him if he expects Allen to be traded, and he said, listen, Jake Allen understands the plan. He knows the Canadian's plan, and he says he accepts the plan. And it would take a significant offer, in his opinion, for the Canadians to trade Allen. So my next question to you is, is there a team looking for a goalie? And if so, are they willing to give up something somewhat significant for the Canadians to pull the trigger? Uh, Short answer, no. But in terms of pulling the trigger uh, and giving up a considerable asset for Jake Allen, the Canadians like him. They could have traded him. I believe, to Edmonton in the summer before the Oilers got the free agency and, and gave Jack Campbell a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. There was something there. The Canadians said, no, it wasn't enough. We want to hold firm, and they stuck with him. Um, the only team right now, Vegas aside, because I think the quick thing is going to happen uh, unless something totally falls out, mm-hmm. Cam Talbot's the other guy that's out there as well out of Ottawa. But now with the Senators back in the thick of things, making the Jacob Chikwin acquisition, excuse me, um, I think it's 50-50 on that respect, mainly because Quick is going to Vegas and and they like Talbot as well, but they went in this direction. Um, The only other team right now that I can see doing something is Pittsburgh. Um, And only because Jari's a free agent at the end of the season. He's going to be making a lot more than 3.5 that he's making now. And goaltending has been a question mark overall, Jerry aside, because the Smith has been a little wonky. Yeah. If there's an if there's an opportunity, I think it might be Pittsburgh, but I don't think they have the assets to pull it off. Not after bringing in Mikael Granlund, and and they're still trying to do something else in in the skater core outside of goaltending. So, uh, if anything, I think it, it, Pittsburgh could be a legitimate option. But I, I think if anything, if if we are talking about a, a realistic Jake Allen move, you're probably looking at summertime. A shout-out to uh, sportbuffshop.com. Use code SICK10 for 10% off on all of their items. Wearing my Marination T-shirt tonight, the SICK T-shirt. Shop all your sports license lifestyle apparel, including hoodies, caps, and T-shirts of all your favorite teams from all your favorite major sports leagues. Mitch Jaguar coming up in less than five minutes' time to talk about, from a coach's eye and a coach's perspective, his coach's eye, which Montreal Canadiens players he would keep and which Montreal Canadiens players he would make available. Dave Pagnota, which Montreal Canadiens player or players will be traded 
by Friday at 3 p.m. We went through a couple of them. Which one or which ones will be traded? The will is tough. The definitive answer is tough right now. But I think, as I said, if they can, if they can find a play for Jonathan Drouin, I think they would do it. Um, if somebody gets a little desperate enough to take on Mike Hoffman with one year left on his contract, medium price, I think they would look at that. You're probably looking at a, a third-round pick or something in that realm. Um, I don't think the Canadians have that. I mean, they're not desperately trying to move him. But if there's teams looking for offense, he's got another year left on his contract. I think that could be a possibility. It's been very, very – the waters have been cool. Uh, they haven't heated up in that respect going into t- t- uh, t- today. So unless something has changed, we'll see. Uh, yeah, Tony, I'll be honest. I, I don't if – if, if the Canadians fan base is looking for fireworks like crazy and it, we're going to see six deals in the next two days, the Canadians are going to take the headlines, it, it would take – something totally out of left field right now and somebody to wake up what GM to wake up tomorrow and go, let's get crazy. Let me call Kent Hughes. I I don't know if we're there to be perfectly honest. I just want to manage the expectations. I could see a move or two. I could see something like drew for a mid-level pick. If they're eating half that salary, they've been pushing that um, similar to what they did with, uh, with Dallas and Dedanov. Uh, I, I think that might be, might be kind of it. I mean, they made a claim in, in getting Chris Tierney. Uh, somebody else could have got him for free. This is a roster management that they're trying to do here. Yeah, um, uh, It's going to take creativity to make anything bold Maybe here. Maybe a Chris Weidman for a team who's looking for a seventh defenseman because, I mean, there's no cap on the amount of players you can have in the playoffs. Who knows? Maybe a Michael Pizzetta who's a fourth-line energy guy who I think is a player that could be expendable for the Canadians in one year from now. Maybe a team is looking for, you know, some depth at the forward position, a 12th guy, a 13th guy, maybe. But once again, I mean, the players that we're talking about, what are we talking about here? Six round picks? Exactly. If you're moving these guys out, it's not going to be for a huge haul. So if you're you're looking like Pizzetta, a guy like him, like Edmonton would love that type of player. They need need, Pittsburgh too, quite frankly, but they, they need physicality. They need energy in their bottom six. Um, those are those are teams, a couple teams that are looking for that type of that type of energy. So um, maybe, but again, yeah, you're right. Fifth round pick, sixth round pick, it's nothing sexy. Uh, it, that's just the nature of the beast right Who's now. Who's texting you right now? Uh, uh, let's see here. A personal or business? Uh, one was personal. One is potential uh, potential business. Uh, actually, it's it's interesting timing. There is nothing yet firm with respect to Cole Caulfield uh, and an extension, but they have an open line of communication. All right. Okay. All right. So you're getting something on Cole Caulfield. I asked about it before going on. I thought maybe I'd be able to sneak something in here. Didn't okay. really get too much, um, but his representation... Um, yeah, but between you and I, everyone knows he's going to sign. The big question is how he many will. years? How many years? And how and how much? Right? Well, the, because the Habs, I mean, the Habs want long. They want to go long term with him. Um, I don't blame him, and, and I think it's going to be for a pretty significant salary. But I, I, I don't think it's going to be. Like, I don't think people are going to go. Whoa! What the heck did we just? Okay, do? so let me let me ask you this, and then we'll end it with this. Okay, two years ago, Mark Bergevin signed Nick Suzuki to an eight-year deal at seven point mm-hmm. eight seven five million dollars. If Caulfield signs an eight-year deal, if he does, will it be same amount, more or less? 
it'll be right around that, possibly a little bit more. Um, the potential offensively is there. Now, the caveat is the injury, but I, I don't really get the sense that either side is really worried about it. They both look at long-term. It's just a matter of the money. I think seven, eight million in that ballpark um, is, is likely what he could possibly get on, on this deal. I, I think the Matt Boldy deal helps his argument to make more. Yeah, of course. Uh, Same draft um, year, lower yeah. production. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. So I, I think it's going to be closer. I think it's going to be in the eight neighborhood, whether it's a little bit lower, a little bit less, uh, excuse me, a little bit higher. I think it's going to be, if you're looking at something realistic, eight times eight, Tim Stutzla type money. Dave, nice talking to you, my man. Like the cap. Uh, uh, get you. some sleep. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers, bud. All right. Take care, man. All right. There you have it. Dave Pagnotto, the fourth period. We now bring in. Uh, he coached last year in the KHL as an assistant coach. And this year, he's also an assistant with the Caribbean women's hockey team. Mid Shiger, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Junie? How's it going? Hey, very, very good. Thanks for holding on. I know you were waiting for a while. We are just wrapping up there with Dave Pagnotta. Oh, you heard what he had to say. He doesn't think it's going to be a busy day for the Montreal Canadiens. There could be interested in Jonathan Drouin. He doesn't expect a big return. Maybe interest in a Chris Weidman doesn't expect a big return. Maybe interest in Michael Pozzetta doesn't expect a big return. Teams would want Josh Anderson, but he doesn't think he's going anywhere. Sean Monaghan, because of the injury, he doesn't think he's going anywhere. Because of uh, the year left on Hoffman, he doubts it. Because of a couple of years left on Dvorak, he doubts that too. The Canadians had a chance to trade Jake Allen before to Edmonton. They passed on that. So because of that, he doesn't think Allen's getting traded either. Only gives Joel Edmondson a 25% chance of being traded. So now, my questions to you are this. We're going to go through some names, and you're going to look at it from a coach's perspective, your coach's eye, and you're going to tell me if the Montreal Canadiens should trade these players, yes or no, and why. Okay. Let's go. We'll start with the biggest one, I think. Josh Anderson. Um, for me, it's no. But if they have like something like overpriced, I'll make that deal any single day. But that type of players is, no matter what we're seeing, no matter how many millions is winning, you, you need to have those kind of players in your own team. Um, so I'm keeping Anderson. Okay, um, when you talk about a significant price, what are we talking about exactly? Well, I don't like if 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 you can have let's say a first rounder with a prospect uh, grade A and uh, maybe another young player or a second round or maybe two first round like that that's over. Don't get me wrong, that's over. I will I will make that deal. But if it's nothing near that, I'm not making that that, that trade because. For me, Anderson, yes, some nights we don't like him at all, but he's the type of player that one night that he's on fire, he can play on your first line, and you can put him on the, on the third line the next day, and he will fit right there. Uh, he can play a lot of minutes. He can, you know, he's a versatile player that uh, I think the Montreal Canadiens need that type of player. A uh, cuckoo uh, or cuckoo 69 here, or cuckoo K69 uh, puts on YouTube live. What kind of plant is that exactly behind you? Uh, IKEA. IKEA plant. So uh, it's a plastic one. Oh, it's a plastic plant. All yeah, right. okay. that's my wife who bought it uh, the first time we've moved in uh, Jean Pierre. 
Okay. So, All right. Okay. Yeah, it's for it's for your office. So since th that plant travel with me like everywhere in Winnipeg and everywhere except Russia. So. Oh really? Yeah, really. Wow. It's everywhere. It, so so when you have a plant that means this much to you, uh, and it travels with you like your pet dog would or your pet cat would, do you give your plant a name? Like, um, I know you got it at Ikea, but I don't think you've named it Ikea, right? Do you have a name for your plant? No, there's, it's there because of my wife thinks it's it's looked pretty. It's looked nice, okay. beautiful, so I just keep it. And it looks yeah. nice, to be honest. Oh, yeah, this way. Yeah. 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 Does it look more like a female plant or more like a male plant to you? Uh, male, because uh, it's green and tall. Oh, it's because it's green and tall. All right, okay. Yeah, like a Hulk. Yeah, I, I you know, so maybe you can call the plant Hulk. There we go. Yeah. Love it. Love yeah. it. If it was, yeah. Because if, you have it was, it was, if it was female, it would be easy to find a name for it, by the way. She-Hulk. Eh? She-Hulk, because that's the woman uh, Hulk. Uh, no, okay. I, I would call it Valerie. Valerie Plant. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> hey, by the way, Andy's got a good name. Call it Jacques. Jacques Plant. Oh, Hey, eh? okay, yeah, there's That's a good, good one. one, Jacques Plant or Valerie Plant. Fantastic! This is Fantastic. amazing. All right, okay. So, Josh Anderson, you wouldn't trade, no. but if we're talking about a first or a second round pick and a grade A prospect, you pull the trigger. Uh, I'll think about it. Yeah, for okay. sure. So, now from a coach's perspective, who would you trade? There are so many players. Wow, I mean, like. And, and I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's just there are players that are there that when we will be at the top of our peak, they will be no longer there. I mean, like, uh, let's say Edmundston. I will trade him. I don't know what's the price we could have uh, because he's always injured. He's always not playing. But I will trade because for sure somebody, even if with all the trades that are going up at the moment, Somebody somewhere needs a left-handed demon with experience, for sure. No matter the price, no matter anything, that guy is he's a leadership guy, can brings a lot on and off the ice. So I, I will take a chance to trade him because how long he's going to play? That's the question. He's been hurt more than, more than once. So on my end, I will trade him anytime. Uh, Hoffman, obviously, part of me, Mitch. You know, we're talking about a guy who won the Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues. We're talking about yeah. a guy who's a great locker room guy and a great leader. Yeah. We're talking about a guy who's more effective in the playoffs when the referees make more things get away. Now, of course, there's the big question whether or not he's damaged goods because of a bad back. But if Joel Edmondson has a year or two of hockey left in him, he's he should be a defenseman who can interest a lot of teams. Should be yeah. able to interest a lot of teams. I mean, uh, th yeah. this guy's a playoff guy. Yeah, and, and, and you were right on. You won the Stanley Cup. And those guys, they they worth more than anybody else. No matter what we're seeing, no matter if he's slower than, than ever, it, it, it doesn't matter. And again, you will not be in the league for five or ten years now. So maybe one, two, maybe three years. Uh, we already, already have uh, Savar on the back end that can do the same kind of leadership role with the younger player and yeah. and and again he's a he's a french guy who want to, wants to play in montreal of course how many how many times we heard that we need to keep that kid no matter if no matter if we like savar or not we have to keep him 
he wants to stay. So let's keep him. Let's trade in Munson, and we, we'll see what's what's going up next. But again, Hoffman, yeah, uh, Joel Drouin, for me that has to be gone. Uh, Yoel Armia has to be go. Like we, we have to let it go. Those guys. For so sure. so I'll tell you this, uh, and I mentioned this to Dave Pagnota minutes ago, but. George Larac is convinced that Michael Matheson's going to get traded. I would be shocked because Michael Matheson was acquired in that deal for Jeff Petrie. The Montreal Canadiens are not going to trade all their veteran defensemen. I believe they will trade Edmondson, and therefore they're going to be they're going to you know the only Savard and Matheson are going to be left to groom these young players. And Michael Matheson is from the West Island of Montreal, a kid who grew up watching and cheering for the Montreal Canadiens, and so did his family. Look, I'd have to see it to believe it. I mean, I can't believe that Matheson is going to get traded. I refuse to believe that. Well, I don't see it. I don't see it. But it's not It's not George and Max who made a bet between uh, Madison and uh, Petrie who had more points with their respective teams. So maybe that's why he thinks Madison will be traded. I don't know. But I don't, I don't see him being traded. Uh, again, unless they... The price for him is overpriced, and even there, I, I don't think so. I don't think so because again, in in a year or two, Edmondson will not be there. Who knows? Like we we have a lot of young guys like uh, Goulet, uh, Jack mm -hmm. Guy, Harris, uh, Baron, ba Baron, uh, and we have uh, Mayu who's coming up one day. Who knows? Yeah, uh, late Hudson need, too. Hudson, yes, you're right. They, they still need some vets. On the back and again if you can have some players that are from your backyard and they want to stay and they want to play you you, you need to find a way to keep them and again medicine mm -hmm. i'm the first one surprised like i knew who he was i watched him played over the last couple of years but it seems like this year is even better i i, th I guess so we we have to keep him we i'll, I'll be shocked like you if he's been traded for sure Yeah, Adam Engstrom is another guy that a lot of people are talking about, right? A former third-round pick, 92nd overall right. in last year's draft in 2022. I mean, here's a here's a guy that a lot of people are talking about as well. Jaden Struble is another sure. guy uh, that, uh, you know, playing a Northeastern, uh, that when the Canadians drafted him, Mark Bergevin looked at Trevor Timmons and Scott Mellenby and said, this guy's a Greek god. And uh, yeah. we're talking about a very, very big, put-together player, Uh, there's, there's several players that we can see on, on defense. All right. Okay. Um, if you were another team knowing what, you know, based on what you saw, would you take a chance on Jonathan drawing? Yes or no. And why, you know, you, you've been around, you only need one person in a team that believes in him and he's gone. So that's the question. Is anybody out there believe, still believing in him uh the thing is with what he said a couple of weeks ago uh about like uh yeah i, I don't i don't know exactly what he said hopefully was, hopefully i can play well enough to impress a stanley cup contending team yeah like as a coach uh, i'm not too sure about that like what you've been what what did you do the last this year and last year like you didn't really want to work hard or What's the issue? So uh, I think he could find somebody for probably nothing just to finish the season. Because, again, 
he's the type of player that can still can play on the top six if he wants, and he can put up points. So if you're if you're heading to the playoffs, and let's say you have Drouin on your third line or fourth line, doesn't matter, okay? And one of your top six is out for two or three weeks. You st- you still want to replace him with a, a top six player and not a grinder or a guy who's playing in and out the lineup. So if you have Drouin, you can slide him in the, on the second or the first line, and he can put up points. So did he will be traded? I don't know, but I still truly believe he can answer, really answer, help. The, answer the question, Mitch. If you were a coach, would you want him on your team in the playoffs? Nope. Not, not what, what he said and how he played the last couple of years. Okay. So uh, we know you take Josh Anderson on your team. If you were a coach of another team going to the playoffs, which Montreal Canadiens players who you would think are available would you want on your team? So I'm going to give you some names, and you're going to tell me yes, no, and why, okay? Okay. Jake Allen. Uh, if I need a, a really good backup in case of, yes. Uh, and even there, we're not sure he's going to play. But if you don't uh, if you don't need a backup, no, not at all. He's not a, he's not a number one. Okay, um, and obviously, I, and I'm not going to, for those who are watching, I mean, I'm not going to say Suzuki and Caulfield or Kirby Doc because yeah. I think a lot of people agree that those players are going to be here. So let's talk about players that would have a chance of being traded, okay? Yeah. Christian Dvorak, would you want him on your team? He'd have a couple of years left at $4.45 million. Uh, if I need a third or fourth liner, centerman, yes. Uh, that's a lot to be to be paid for a fourth line centerman, four point four five million dollars. Mozi Tumo. Yes, but you and who's available. Who's available? That's the other thing too. And uh, he's like as a third or fourth, like oh yeah, don't yeah, fourth line. It's it's way too much. Way but too much. Third liner. Yeah. Yes, I'll take him. Would you take Mike Hoffman on your team? He'd have a year left at over uh, four million dollars. No, because it's too high risk, high rewards, and uh, in playoffs, it's not the same uh, type of game, and it's not the sa- it's not the same play, it's not the same style. So basically, he's have... interested in playing when he has the puck, and when he doesn't have the puck, or his team doesn't have the puck, forget about it. Yeah, he's not near to close to 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 be there. All right, um... Armia, you all Armia. Um, well, that's a tough one, and that's the one who had. I took some notes and I was not sure if, and again, I, I'm not answering right now, but if he's playing the same way as he played when they did the Stanley Cup uh, playoff run. Yeah, if, yeah. If I'm taking that guy any single day. But in season, okay, now he's not playing now. But yeah, but he's, he, that, see, that's the problem, right? Like he was yeah. in the mood. Yeah. He was in the mood for two months, two years ago. Yeah, man, this is it. You know, like he sounds like my wife in the mood, like for two months, two years ago. Like <laughs> in the last two years, nothing happening. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you know, like forget uh, it. You know, like, yeah. no, no, you're right. <laughs> it's a, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> it's uh, a good one. Yeah, you're laughing. I'm dying a slow death. You're laughing. Yeah, laugh. Uh, but and and you know what? The funniest thing about him is oh, everyone is keep saying. He's a good player. He got oh skills. God. He can skate. He can he can oh shoot. God. And we just don't see it. Oh so knowing 
Oh my gosh. I had so many girlfriends back in the day. Like, what did I do? Like, what a disaster. Man. Like, what a disaster. Yeah, but now you're fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. God knows how fine I am. All right, okay. <laughs> let's change subject because this one here. Um, yeah, but no, yeah. I, will, I will not I will not take a chance unless they're the Montreal keeps like 90% of his salary and they are giving a lot. <laughs> No, don't do that, please. I want, I want, I want to come back here. It's a sharpie. It's a sharpie. Oh, don't okay. worry about it. Uh, I, yeah, I should have. Yeah. Anyway, uh, when she sees this, she's not watching right now. I hear her on the phone upstairs because if she wasn't on the phone upstairs right now and she was watching, you know, there's no way that I would say this, right? Because at the end of the day, you know the way it is, right? I didn't uh, even tell my wife I was with you. So is that right, eh? No, she's sleeping now. Oh, she's since, sleeping. Okay. Yeah, since 8 p.m. She she worked at night, so. Oh, really? What time yeah. does she leave for work at? Uh, she's a nurse. Oh, wow. Yeah. Would so she have she... an extra uniform around the house that we could borrow? <laughs> we can try it on, yeah. <laughs> Next time, Tony, me and you having one. Which uh, color do you want? Oh, my God. Uh got oof. plenty. My God. Yeah, uh, where where are we going with this podcast tonight? I'm telling you, I'm in one of those moods. Uh, uh, Pizzetta? Yeah. yeah. Okay. No. Uh, Michael Pizzetta, energy player. Yeah. I'll say no because he's between the NHL and the American Hockey League. So, uh, and he on, in, on my end, I think he just started playing well the last couple weeks, months, and not at the start of the season. Obviously, he was in and out of the lineup. That doesn't help him. Uh, he's a good guy, works hard, energy guy, but uh, I will like. I, you can find better players uh, that are more physical, more strong, like stronger for for probably the same fifth, sixth, seventh round pick or uh, twelve sticks. Um, and Alex Belzil. Uh, no, no. A Chris again, Weinman. Chris Weinman, I think this like. I love the kid. I had him in, in the KHL, and we, we talk a lot. And but I think right now uh, he got exposed. He got exposed it a lot with his mm-hmm. lack of speed. Uh, you still keep in touch with him? Yeah, once in a while. Yeah, less less than let's say some players that uh, was in the KHL. But I'll say uh, Chris. I probably talk with him uh, every month. Uh, yeah, RVP and I talk with him probably twice a week. Uh, yeah, Harvey Pinard's a nice kid. Yeah, he's a nice kid. But anyway, meaning that uh, Weidman, I think he, he just too slow now. Uh, he cannot make any plays anymore. And yeah. uh, he's always on the ice. Like he can even counter the fourth liner now because he's just too slow. Because back in the days when he got hurt, uh, he was playing with the Ottawa, I think. Somebody fell on him and his hips and everything. So that's yeah. why he's, he's skating and rotating and turning pivots. Uh, it seems to be strange words, weird, and so that's why he still struggled. And even look at him when he's crossing over or jump, like he's kind of jumping because of his hips. So, uh, like, and again, if you need somebody like eighth, a demon number eight, mm-hmm. maybe taking a chance, but it didn't prove anything this year. So you're like, do really, really, really taking a chance on bringing a guy that could maybe maybe not running the power play that just can't play on a PK and or five on five. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. 
what does your gut tell you in terms of activity for the Canadians? Dave Pagnota, who is an insider, is not very optimistic that many Montreal Canadiens players are going to change address. And if they do, it'll be some of these fringe players that we talked about that will give you very, very little in return, sixth, seventh round picks or something like that. What does your gut tell you? Do you think that Kent Hughes is going to, and he's in a tough situation, eh? Because he has to trade some players right now that just don't have a lot of value. And, uh, you know, I, I think the work that David Poyle has done with the Nashville Predators over the past couple of days, the return for Tanner Janot yeah. and the return for Matthias Ekholm, I think have, has been huge return. Yeah. But the Canadians don't have players like with that right mean. now that fit the bill like that, that they could trade. I mean, Hughes is in a tough spot. He is. And one thing, uh, Sean Monaghan will probably have some values if he was playing. Like, yeah, I, for sure. He's a good like, player. I don't know what could be the values. I'm not in that uh, in that knowledge about the league and draft, but he, he would probably have a lot of values. Mitch, if I, can, if I can put it this way, the Colorado Avalanche earlier today, they acquired Lars Eller, who, by the way, I think won the 649 with this one. Because Lars Eller is going to the defending Stanley Cup champions and a legitimate Stanley Cup contender again, much yeah. more so than the Washington Capitals, who he was playing for. But I'll tell you this if Sean Monahan was healthy, Colorado would have taken him any day of the week and twice on Sunday. I'm sure. I'm sure. But he's not healthy. So there's no value there. So can't you couldn't can do cannot do anything about it. The other one is Anderson. But from what we've heard, he doesn't yeah. want to trade him. You know what? Uh, I I think he doesn't want to trade him. But I don't think anyone's untouchable, really. Yeah, you would think that Caulfield and Suzuki are probably yeah, both yeah, being untouchable sure. as possible. And Caden Gooley as well. There's another yeah. guy. Uh, those are three guys that you clearly would be on the top of his list that he would not want to trade. But I'm going to tell you this, even though I don't think he's going to trade Josh Anderson, and I don't think he would. But if there's, you know, a great return for Josh Anderson, I believe he would because I believe that he'll go with the same school of thought or logic that I'm trying to go with. By the time the Canadians are a legitimate Stanley Cup contender four or five years from now, Josh Anderson will either be in his final year of his contract and a declining asset or he will have been traded by then in year four because the Canadians would not resign him at the end of those four years. Anyway, that's my opinion. Only time will tell. The trade deadline is Friday at 3 p.m. I want to thank Dave Pagnota for coming on. And Mitch Jaguer, I want to thank you. Always great contributions. I always love talking to you, bud. Yes. Thank you, Tony. You're very welcome. We'll talk to you soon, man, okay? Yes, for sure. All right, there you have it. A quick shout-out to Playground. Over 600 machines, poker tournaments, and Playground casino games, daily promotions, and unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else? Located just over the Mercia Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. If you like what you saw tonight, if you like what you were watching, if you like what you were hearing, share it with your friends. Hit the like button and message SICK, S-I-C-K. And if you're going to listen tomorrow on Google, Apple, or Spotify, Leave us a five-star review. That's our way of feeling the love. Special thanks once again to La Bitta TB, as well as Lacage, as well as Energy Transportation Group, who bring you, of course, the sick podcast with Tony Marinaro. We'll be back tomorrow night, same time, same place, prior to the Montreal Canadiens and the Los Angeles Kings, which uh, the puck will drop just past 10.30 p.m. And I'm going to tell you right now, 
as I'm going to look it up, that tomorrow we are going to be joined by Marc-André Perrault, who's usually a regular on Wednesdays. He couldn't make it tonight, but he will join us tomorrow at 10 p.m. He'll go all the way up until the puck will drop, and then we'll let him go. It'll be an abbreviated version of the show tomorrow. We'll break away at around 10.35. We'll allow you to watch the Canadians and the Los Angeles Kings. On behalf of Agnello and Sammy Cavallaro, who are at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis, those guys truly do, truly do live the way I dream. I'm Marinero, hoping that my wife didn't watch this podcast tonight so she could actually kiss me when I go to bed instead of throwing me off the bed. Either way, it's marination. I'm Marinero. Me. Me. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you. <laughs>